0: is I notice, um, you know, there's a concentration around my eyes because usually I'm crying. And so just to be in a state of really curiosity and like, okay, what does it feel like as my tears are falling down my face and what does it feel like? Then the grief seems to move around my body. Then it's like my throat, um, might get tight, you know? So then I'll be curious about what does that feel like? And, you know, is it intense? Is it not intense? And then it seems once I recognize that, then it moves down into my heart. And then my heart sometimes feels like it's being like literally shredded open, you know, and instead of resisting it, which is what I used to do, um, which didn't seem to help anything. Um, mm-hmm. now I get curious about like how would I describe that. And, and this is all happening just like in my mind. It's not like, you know, I could say it out loud if I wanted to, but it wasn't, it didn't require me to have a conversation with anybody else. It was just myself noticing and getting grounded in my body. Like what is actually happening, you know? And within, you know, minutes, you know, sometimes it's five, sometimes it's 10. It just, you know, there is no, again, everybody processes things differently. I get it to the point where just my, just paying attention to what my body is telling me and how the grief is physically being expressed, honoring that and listening to that mm. dissipates, helps it dissipate.
1: Hello, and welcome to Labor Pains Podcast. I am your host, Teresa Reiniger. I am so glad that you are here. If you are here for the very first time, welcome. I am so glad that you have found me. If you have been with me before, a huge welcome back to you. This podcast is a place, it's a platform where I have been spreading awareness, connecting and supporting those that have experienced the struggles of infertility or loss of a child during pregnancy or infancy. We talk about feeling alone, isolated, the grief and where to find support. I hold space here where professionals share how they can support you and those that have personally have experienced infertility or loss can share their stories to connect and give support to others. Your healing and happiness is very important to me. My listeners and clients have shared that they feel like they are not sure what to do. Their relationships are hard. They're feeling alone and isolated, feeling like no one understands and their needs are not being heard. I hear you. I see you. And we talk about them. We're spreading awareness and giving you a voice. If hope and healing is what you're looking for, you have come to the right place.
2: My guest Today on Labor Pains is Connie Houlihan. She is the founder of Own Your Life LLC, a St. Louis-based training and coaching enterprise where she develops, facilitates, and implements effective programs utilizing brain fitness, quantum frequencies, neurolinguistics programming, and brain-boosting supplements. Connie has been involved in personal development and growth since she was eight years old when her dad gave her the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. During her diverse career, Connie has brought her unique combination of insight, humor, and interaction to assist others in realizing their personal best. She is committed to helping people live their purpose with passion while making their brain their new best friend. In addition, she has worked in education, both as an instructor, speaker, and facilitating workshops. Connie is also a musician, composer, and mother of two children in heaven, Hope Marie and Nicholas Jenkins. She lives in St. Louis, the St. Louis area with her husband of 13 years. Her company's charitable program supports scholarships in memory of her son's legacy.
3: Hello, Connie. Welcome to Labor Pains Podcast. Wait, I should say welcome back to Labor Pains Podcast. You have previously been a guest. It's been a while, but I'm glad to have you back on today to um, share some tips and tricks and some coping skills and all kinds of things that you have learned um, that I believe that will also help my audience, the listeners here on the podcast. So welcome back to Labor Pain. Thanks,
0: Miss Teresa. Coach uh, Teresa, I should say. Coach <laughs> Teresa, yeah.
3: <laughs> Thank you it. for that. So before we get into, we're going to talk a lot today. We are right in um, the middle, beginning part of the holidays, and this will be released during the holidays. Um, And we're going to talk a lot about navigating um, grief through the holidays. We know, because we previously talked for just a brief moment before this, that this is a really difficult time of the year for you, as well as this is a very difficult time of the year, really, for anyone and everyone that is experiencing grief. So we're going to talk a lot about that. That's our whole episode. But before we do that, I would like you to share with the audience, who is this beautiful woman that I am talking to named Connie?
0: Well, thanks. Um, so my journey with grief, um, really, so I'm 50 years old now. And my journey with grief started when I was 27 and we um, lost our first baby Hope Marie, um, at the beginning of my second trimester, um, back in, uh, 1999 and, um, dealt with her loss, um, since then. And then in on March 16th, oh, so then after, uh, hope went to heaven, we were blessed with a healthy baby boy, Nicholas, And on March 16th, 2020, Nicholas had a massive heart attack, um, seemingly out of nowhere, the doctors don't know what happened. And he went, um, he went to heaven then. So both of my kiddos are in heaven, different stages of obviously, you know, um, one was a pregnancy loss, one was, he was 18, Nicholas was 18, his senior year of high school. And so um, we were already doing some things around the holidays to honor hope. And now it now includes Nicholas. So mm-hmm. um, one of the things I do, I've been an entrepreneur um, my whole life pretty much. And um, since losing my son, I have done a lot of personal growth and development, um, which is how our relationship really deepened was through our mm-hmm. NLP courses and then um, also, um, I'm a PQ instructor. Um, we talk about mental fitness. Um, looking for tools to help me and others um, build our mental fitness. So, um, yeah. So that's that's who I am. Mhm. It's what you do. That's what I it's do. Who
3: you are what you do. It's a little bit about you. What else can you share about you um that you like to do i know you are huge on personal development for sure and that's how we were connected but what else what is something that um that a way for the audience to connect with you do you love to read? Do you love to garden? Do you love movies?
0: Maybe some things even that I don't know about. So my my best way, I think, to really stress is through music. So mm. I play the piano and sing mm-hmm. and used to teach those things. And so that's, um, I think the heart of who I am as a teacher. Um, I started teaching piano when I was... 12 years old and, Mm -hmm. um, music continues to be a healing, um, part of my life.
3: I love that.
0: Yeah.
3: I love that. I know you occasionally send me, um, a YouTube video or whatever of, um, a beautiful song or, um, an inspirational song. So, I do know that you have a love for music, that's for sure, and a beautiful voice to go along with the love for music, for sure, for sure. So you kind of, you talked about your losses, and I wanted to go ahead and share, before we go any further, that Connie was on a previous episode, like I had indicated, and that episode was episode 25. So that was quite a long time ago. So if you'd like to to go back and listen to that episode, it was episode 25, and she shared about losing hope and then also losing Nicholas. Um, and so I want to just make sure that I share that with the listeners, so that they could, because we're not going to go into all of the depths of all of that. We're going to talk about navigating through this grief that you're experiencing, still experiencing, I'm still experiencing, um, and with the holidays. And I know that, um, like I had said before, that this is a very difficult time of the year for you and for many. And I think for you in particular, because it is Nicholas's birthday, you had indicated, and then the holidays all, all come forward. So you've had to navigate these holidays um, with grief for a very, very long time. How has it changed through the years? And I know it became, I'm pretty confident, it came really became really, really difficult with the loss of Nicholas. Yeah. Um, how did you navigate? And it may not have been the right, it may not have been right is what people, indic- end up saying but I would say it was right for you um the first year of his loss and now these these other years after that how have you navigated what's been something you felt was very beneficial and we want to just talk about so that it will help other people as they're as they're navigating and you have come up with a lot of tools to help you so share those
0: yeah, so one of the things that we have done is I have a special candle um, that we light with his with Nicholas's photo on it, specifically that anytime our family gets together, regardless of the holiday or special occasion, mm-hmm. we light it and um, share a favorite memory about um, Nicholas during that time. Um, that's been very um, comforting. Um, even so, I'm gonna go back 23 years. Um, when we first, after we lost Hope Marie, um, we started a tradition of every Christmas, we would always, every year, buy a hope ornament. Mm. And so, like, we'd have it personal, either find, uh, you know, hope is a pretty, um, you know, kind of Christmassy, like, we would find ornaments that already would say hope on them. Yeah, and then we'd also buy, um, personalized ornaments with hope on them. And so every year we had our hope ornaments around the tree and Nicholas loved, 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 um, Christmas. So he was big about decorating. And, um, and then of course, you know, we had his ornaments that he made as a child and then growing up. And, um, so the first year, um, in 2020, um, usually we, he would do a big tree. Nicholas would do most of the decorating at that point um, prior to that. Um, if there was a light strand anywhere, he, it would be up somewhere. <laughs> and so um, we went from like a lot of decorations. I just wasn't up to the fullness that, the enthusiasm that he would brought to the holidays, but I also didn't want to skip over it because it was out of a tribute to him. And I had all these hope ornaments and Nicholas ornaments. And so we actually gifted our big tree to another family um, so they could enjoy it with some of the ornaments that we are no longer gonna use or need, um, which felt great. Um, One of the things that we do also is, um, and it started again with hope and now it's hope and Nicholas that we do donations um, in their memory. Mm. Um, so one of the places we donate through is um, actually the funeral home where uh, Nicholas services were. They do a wreath ornament or a wreath on the all the tombs at Jefferson Barracks Memorial um, Cemetery for our mm-hmm. veterans. And so Nicholas was an Eagle Scout and the Eagle Scouts or the Boy Scouts actually place the wreaths on the graves. And so that is a particularly personal and something near and dear to my heart um, that we donate in their memory. So um, that's one thing. And then so we bought a smaller tree and all 100% of the ornaments on there are either hope ornaments or ornaments that Nicholas made as a child growing up and so Mm -hmm. that was our we have our hope in Nicholas tree now and it's only like maybe three and a half four feet tall it's not very big um and um but it was enough for me to feel like I still was honoring his love for the holidays and um that was that was the most I could do and then Mm -hmm. 2021 i was actually my husband and i were both very sick with covid to the point where we didn't do anything because we were just like so sick that we just had no energy to do it Mm -hmm. so now we're in the process of like okay it's time to decide what we want to do this year so we had one year with the nicholson hope tree and one year with nothing and um this morning i actually saw like the box for the all the everything now fits in one box so um it's just deciding when we want to get that out um, again um so i you know we're gonna i want to buy another So getting the new tree out getting another ornament in their memory and so i think at this point um what i thought about this year was doing a shared ornament with both of their names on it in the year um and then i will say even though we did not um put the tree up last year i'd already Ordered some ornaments, and so there's um there's some neat personalized ones that actually have like little angel wings on it. So last year, this was an ornament that mm-hmm. I had and of me and mom and Nicholas it says. Mm-hmm. And, and it if said, you're in and for the
3: for the podcast,
1: describe
3: yes. that because they oh, I'm sorry. are not going to be able to see that. So if you could describe that a little bit for them, it's
0: yeah. Beautiful. It's pretty- it's pretty cool because it's personalized. Um, not only does it say mom and Nicholas with a, so it's two people um, and it has my hair color, crazy hair color. And um, and then next to me is a young man with Nicholas's hair color with angel wings. And, mm. um, and there was different texts that you can um, choose for it to say. And the, the text that I chose was, Our souls will always be connected, is what I say. And Nicholas says, I will always be here. Mm. So that was something comforting to me um, sitting in there, these, you know, me and Nicholas sitting in front of the Christmas tree. And so um, I got that one. And then um, I just happened to have these like out because we're working on the tree soon. And then Nicholas, like I said, was an Eagle Scout. So I have, it's actually his um so whatever is important to you like your child um something that reminds you of them um most of the hope stuff was an angel because she was i didn't um i don't have memories of her after my pregnancy right Mm -hmm. um so all most of my hope ornaments are angels and um then i also have this eagle scout uniform with Nicholas's name on it, with his badges on it, um, that I'll put on this year's uh, tree because last year it didn't get up. So um, I think that's something. Um, and then my parents would do the same thing; um, they would have ornaments on the tree for them in their memory. Um,
3: I want to go back to something that you said. Yeah, and, and we can elaborate on it. I love. Um, that you brought up the ornaments, because even myself with my mom have just passed. Yeah, we've talked about putting up a tree, the tree. And um, I think it's important that people know it's okay to put up those ornaments. And you said something like, when we decide, we're going to put it up. I think that hit me as you have to be ready to do that because when you're pulling out those ornaments there's going to be emotion is that kind of where you were saying when we make the decision when we decide elaborate on that
0: yeah so i have not this so it's december it's early december december 7th is when we're recording this and um actually i was thought i was ready to put up the tree last weekend and um some things happened where i just was felt raw again and um needed to wait and so um i, I definitely recommend <laughs> um and there's no we all know there's no right or wrong way to do this whole grief journey and mm-hmm. I know for myself, I want to go into it, at least on being grounded when I begin. <laughs> um, because I do know there's lots of emotions that come up from mm-hmm. lots of memories. And mm-hmm. um, and I want it to be an experience that's a positive and honoring experience versus just torture because <laughs> it, it could go that way if you're not yeah. ready. and. Yeah. Like I said, last year, I was so sick and I just wasn't ready. I wasn't, I just, and do you know what? And that was fine. Yeah, that um, is fine.
3: And and yeah. I want to make sure that the listeners really um, understand that it's okay, you know, to have a plan, like you had said, like my plan was last weekend. Okay, well then that plan changed. It did, and I think when you're grieving, that you to have a plan is important to have a plan going into it, but know that that there needs to be flexibility because when the grief is heavy and you're deep in the grief, the plan has you you have to make it um, make sure that you're flexible with it because Absolutely. Absolutely. things emotions change all the all the time and if the plan never ever happens it's okay it is perfectly fine yeah for that not to happen yes so yeah i'm glad that you um you talked a little bit a lot about that and i wanted to just elaborate on that that um have a plan have a plan a have a plan b yes um and that it can and that it can always change
0: yes for sure for sure so, um
3: yeah,
0: good. another thing that has helped not just get me through the holidays but to um help the grief process um I think in a healthy way is, um, I mentioned I was a mental fitness, um, coach and to the methodology that I've been trained in talks about being present to the physical sensations of grief. And so I will take time when there's, when the grief arises to pay attention to like, where's, where's the grief now? And so like it physically, you know, so we, we we've learned like in NLP, grief is stored in our lungs. So mm-hmm. deep breaths are really important and to help get some of that released, you know, so to do some deep breathing. Um, and the great thing about that is that you're reading anyway, and just to be a little bit more mindful about it, and you can do it anywhere, right? Yeah, yeah. So whether you're something hits you while you're driving or you're out shopping or whether you're at home, that is a easy go-to is just focus on your breath, you know, mm-hmm. and releasing mm-hmm. um, some of the grief through your breath. Mm-hmm. Um, also, like I said, for myself with the things I've learned through the positive intelligence um, material is I notice, um, you know, there's a concentration around my eyes because usually I'm crying And so just to be in a state of really curiosity and like, okay, what does it feel like as my tears are falling down my face and what does it feel like, then the grief seems to move around my body. Then it's like my throat, um, might get tight, you know, so then I'll be curious about what does that feel like? And, you know, is it intense? Is it not intense? And then it seems once I recognize that, that it moves down into my heart and then my heart Sometimes feels like it's being like literally shredded open, you know, and instead of resisting it, which is what I used to do, um, which didn't seem to help anything. Um, Mm -hmm. now I get curious about like how I describe that. And, and this is all happening just like in my mind, it's not like, you know, I could say it out loud if I wanted to, but it wasn't, it didn't require me to have a conversation with anybody else. It was just myself noticing and getting grounded in my body like what is actually happening, you know, and within, you know, minutes, you know, sometimes it's five, sometimes it's 10. It just, you know, there is no, again, everybody processes things differently. I get it to the point where just my, just paying attention to what my body is telling me and how the grief is physically being expressed, honoring that and listening to that, Hmm. Dissipates, helps it dissipate. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. That has been a really useful tool for me mm-hmm. um, the breathing and then also the paying attention of the physical sensations throughout my body.
3: Well, and I want to go to I know in multiple episodes, where I talk a lot about um, voicing those emotions maybe writing down those emotions and those feelings and this kind of my opinion is that this kind of wraps it all together like it's very similar like all of these things is really paying attention to what's going on and sometimes just naming those emotions what those feelings are can definitely help with, um, releasing. I'm not sure releasing is the right word, but, um, releasing that, those feelings, um, the heaviness, I guess, really of those emotions and those feelings.
0: Would you agree with that? Oh, totally. And what, um, one of the concepts we talk about, um, with my clients, I talk about blameless discernment where mm-hmm. there is no blame about any of it. If there's no judging of what's happening, it's just acknowledging this is what's happening and um, not labeling it as, as bad or good is really, um, I think, an important piece of it. Um, people have all kinds of judgments and opinions about like, you're grieving too long, or you're not grieving enough, or, you know, there's enough of that noise out there already. Um, Mm -hmm. we could choose to be kind to ourselves and not, um, be judging that ourselves Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. just
0: to notice and pay attention to. And again, I think just like you said, by naming the emotion, um, and for my sake, for what we do is also name the emotion and also the physical sensations, Um, and being curious about it versus judgmental, um, helps, um, I say process the grief. Um, and, and I think in the process, like it is releasing, um, and as a mom who has two children in heaven, I know it's always there. So I, some of it's released, but it's like the pressure valve, you know, and so for me, it's more processing. Um, sure, sure. Processing.
3: Yeah. Yeah, releasing as to releasing, yeah. How do mm-hmm. you describe it? Just a little bit of the pressure yeah. um, release at, at that time. Yeah. So, yeah. so I love, there's several things that I've taken from what we've said already, different ways to navigate to honor so you've talked about you know just having all the ornaments and, and putting up a tree great ways to honor lighting a candle great way to honor um, sharing stories um it is a great way to honor and even those that have um have had a loss during um, a pregnancy i think there are still um stories that could be shared Oh, for um, sure. of that of that pregnancy um, of that life that was within you there are still stories that can be shared there so those are really important oh, for
0: sure things. all the hopes and dreams that go along with that yes. yes yes
3: yeah so those were all really good you also talked about doing donations to honor and in their memory as well yeah so you know I think Gosh, we've how many things did we just say? Great things um, that can happen to to help us really, um, you know, honor and um, those that 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 we've lost. And and now we're talking about how to really when we're we we are triggered, our those emotions are coming. Maybe when we're setting up the tree, or that could still be like you know we run into someone. that um, that brings up um, a memory or whatever that could have been triggering to us how to navigate through that to be curious of the emotion to deep breathe to do some deep breathing is so so like you said beneficial because of where we carry that grief in our lungs Um, so any other thoughts on that how else Um, you've kind of shocked about what was different from one year to the next Um, anything else that you can think of that would be beneficial to help those that are navigating through this difficult time
0: yeah so one one thing that um, we've participated in almost every year is um, I know SHARE the national organization SHARE does Mm -hmm. a Like an angel lighting ceremony Mm -hmm. and lighting Mm -hmm. the candle in honor of your child. Mm -hmm. Um, That has always been very healing, um, also. Um, And I've even been on ones that are virtual, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Facebook. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's um, that has also been a tradition that we've done, Um,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: not just only like the candle, like at the at our family events, but for this annual thing and being around other parents who've lost their children, um, also helps because you're not alone and to have a person that gets it makes a huge difference. And, you know, this is something we would never wish on anybody else. And there are safe people to talk to about it that do understand. Mm -hmm. And so whether it's, a grief coach, like coach Teresa or a friend that has experienced a similar um, loss. Um, I think it helps to talk with what I call safe people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, that's that's um, I think also yeah. important because you realize you're not alone. You're not going crazy. This is how it goes and it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: Um, and as we we're speaking um, on, this, on this day, um, this will come out later, but the SHARE organization here at Local to Me, that ceremony that you just talked about, the lighting of the candles, was yesterday. Okay. I'm not sure when the national one is. I'm sure it's this week. Um, probably have it on my calendar, but don't have it off the top of my head. And so, yeah, those are those events are happening. A lot of those events are happening this week. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely um, for those that have experienced um, infant loss, pregnancy loss. SHARE is a great organization to connect to um, so that you're not feeling so alone, um, you know, on your journey. I do know that as we move closer to the holidays, there are holiday events um, and things that that come up. How would you suggest navigating some of that? Um, and it's gonna change, I'm sure. There are times where you're gonna be like, don't do any of it, like stay completely away from it. Um, you know, if you don't want to do it, don't put yourself push yourself to do that. I'm, so if you're, and and that's all okay, if that's where you're at, but if you feel like you're at a space where it's like, okay, well, I want to, um, I want to go, I, I feel like my family wants me to do this, you know, don't feel pressure, but how would you, how would you share with them? I mean, we have already talked about a couple things to do, but anything else to help them through that? Going well, to those
0: parties. Yeah. I think like setting expectations ahead of time makes a difference as far as like what is your exit strategy gonna be? Like to know mm-hmm. going in, yep, what your exit strategy is gonna be and um and honoring that for yourself. Um mm-hmm. because like you said, like triggers can come from literally almost anywhere. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to suffer more than you're already suffering. Mm. So it's okay to leave. And um, so I know for myself, um, if I was going to a girl's event, I would not carpool like with uh, my other girlfriends during this time of the year. Whereas during other times of the year, I would carpool with them, for example, Mm. because I want to be able to be free to leave when I want to leave and not be responsible for anybody else. So that's like a very practical kind of a thing. Yeah, uh, I have my own ride there and back, um, and I know what boundaries I have that work and don't work. Um, if my coping strategies are not effective, then I then I just politely say, you know what, I I gotta get I gotta get home. Um, thank you for having me, and just leave. And then there's other times where the day of like I'll be planning on going to the event and then something will trigger it and it's like I'm not in the space for it and what I've learned especially over the last two and a half years is how critical self-care is Mm. so if I've RSVP'd yes and it just is too challenging for me to muster up whatever I need to do to and for me it's like fake it fake it you know, fake your way through it, which is not Mm-mm. anything I'm willing to do, or, um, it's just not in alignment with, you know, um, I want to be authentic. So then I just will like, let them know, like, I'm sorry, um, I'm not going to be able to attend and it's okay. Yeah. yeah. And just really be gentle with myself. You know, um, like I said, I think self-care is always important. Um, mm-hmm during grief and during the holidays like every single person is more stressed during the holidays not just the grieving community you know everyone Mm -hmm. is more stressed and so to take care of yourself is um at the utmost importance i think Mm
3: -hmm. Mm -hmm. yes for sure and i just want to elaborate a little bit on that i think you're right making sure you have that exit strategy is very important and like you suggested you know not carpooling or my other suggestion would be make sure that you if you are going with someone they know your exit strategy yeah if they're with you they're your tribe member with you and when you give the signal they need to be right there by your side helping you um to either exit or cope with whatever's going on right then and there. Um, And it's important to have those people surrounding you really um, and know your plan, whether it's at a party or, or at Christmas morning, you know, that those family members, those friends know exactly what your intentions are, what your plans are, and they can help you, that they're not bucking you on that. Like, well, you said you're going to do this and now you've changed your mind. That they yeah. know that we're, we're flexible here, you know, that absolutely things can change in a, at a moment's notice, for sure. So having those those people, and we do know that with grief, that really a third are people that you just do not really almost want to associate. They're not going to benefit you, really. They're those people that they're going to say the wrong thing all the time. You know, they they don't get it. Then there's a a third that are really, you know, could go either way. And then there's a third that really are with you, you know, and they're supporting you. Make sure, especially during the holidays, that you're surrounding yourself with that one third and keeping them close to you. And just let, let the other ones drift away. Don't, don't, don't let them come into your, um, your circle at this time, especially during this time, because protect yourself, self-care, like you said, is so, so important, always. Um, just especially important through the holidays, for sure. It is. So, yeah, well, Good. Any other thoughts on that? What else, anything else that you can think of that would be helpful? I do know I've been doing some Facebook lives through um, through this time. Um, and my Facebook lives have been a lot on grief and gratitude um, through the holidays. And so I've been very um, mindful to make sure that I talk about what I'm grateful for it is difficult through the holidays. Um, grief is difficult, so gratitude sometimes is more difficult through the holidays. But I do believe, as a grief coach, that it's important to um, to talk about those things. And I'll probably talk about this um, prior to this being released on a Facebook Live. But I'll share with you. I think sometimes gratitude is, or grateful is a hard word to. To surface what we're grateful or, or um, for. So another way, which I'll talk about this, is what do I have? What do I have that um, that is that I that is good, you know? And to be able to say instead of saying grateful, what is it that I have? And we have many things in our life that we are thankful for. Um, and to just ex- express what those are um, instead of grateful—that's a harder, harder thing sometimes to come to come up with, especially if you're really um, in in grief, in that raw, really raw grief. Um, any thoughts on that gratitude? things we have, things we're thankful far through the holidays. Is that an easy thing for you, a harder thing for you?
0: So um, I have been blessed that I started a gratitude practice when I was 20 and I'm 50. (laughs) So Mm. it has gotten me through a lot. I got it as a practice. I almost, um, not that I don't think about it, it's just such a habit. It has become Mm -hmm. a habit. And um, I agree, I think that not everybody has that habit and to come up with something they're grateful for um, and to be able to say, I have family versus I'm grateful for my family. um, Uh That Uh is an easier, gentler way to ease into that. I also think that um, most people think when they're grateful for like, what do they have today? And for myself, I know I have, I'm so grateful for the different memories that I have.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: Nicholas lived for um, 18 years, four months and 23 days. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of memories that were created during that time. And I can be grateful for, I reach back um, and think, look to for things to be grateful for that I have already experienced versus what's in front of me now. Uh, I think because sometimes when you look at what's in front of you now is not what you want. Sure. And, um, and to honor and that there was many, many, many things to be grateful for, you know, in the past. Um, mm-hmm. so not only focus on what you're grateful for now, um, also give look to the past for things to be grateful for.
3: Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, because we do know too things um, that we've had in the past um, have really brought us to where we're at. We are we are different people. Yeah, we're totally changed people um, from what we've experienced, the grief that we've endured, um, and are continuing to endure. Um, really, have brought us to where we are, um, and sometimes it's difficult to be, to think of all of that as as being grateful for, um, and only at certain times can you feel grateful for, for what you have experienced. Not always, for sure. Um, in time, some of that will come, and with others, never, you know, in certain situations. Now, they're grateful for many things, they're grateful for many memories and all of that, but there there may be a piece of that that they will never, ever, just like you. You probably never will be grateful that you no longer have your son. You right. know, you're not grateful for that, but you are grateful for things. I I know because we've talked many times of things that have um, you've experienced with him here and now after being gone where you you've seen you have felt his presence that you're grateful for know,
0: yes. so, but well, not that with... actual moment for right sure. yes well and even with hope marie um i was grateful that i was able to even conceive yeah and um you know because there was a gap between you know those pregnancies and um being grateful for like the hope we named her hope because she gave us hope that we could have you know hopefully have a family someday, whether it was through mm-hmm. a biological child or an adopted child or foster you know there was options open mm-hmm. and um, you know so yeah things that and I will say um, I think you're right there's I will I would always prefer to have my children here instead of me. Yeah. Yeah. And there's still things that have happened that would not have happened had mm. they been here. And it's okay to feel joy again.
3: Mm. Um,
0: it's okay. And that doesn't discount how much I love them. It doesn't discount how much I miss them. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to feel joy again and not to have any kind of guilt around that. So your holiday experience might not be a typical, like what other grieving parents are going through because that you are able to have, you know, joy and all of those feelings. And it's wonderful. And don't, um, don't make yourself wrong if you don't feel it and don't make yourself wrong. If you do, you know,
3: Yeah.
0: um, I love that you brought
3: that up. Yeah. Because we do as um, humans, as society, and I've heard this said over and over, you know, if someone's happy and they're joyous um, at a certain time, then they're, quotes in quotes, over their grief. Right. And they're not over their grief. It just means they've experienced some joy and happiness at that time. The grief is still there. The mourning is still there within them for sure. It just means that they've had, um, you know, a joyous moment, uh, a happy moment. Doesn't mean that they're over anything. And I do, it, it brings me great joy when someone that is grieving can experience, um, the laughter um, that they can smile, and this is kind of—it's triggering in me. It's coming to mind, so I'm gonna just say it because that's who I am. So I worked at a funeral home for 15 years, and there was—I when I know when I first started there, I would be um, working at my desk, and the family would be in with the funeral director making arrangements, and all of a sudden I would hear them laughing, and I'd be like what the heck like they're here making funeral arrangements and at first it really caught me off guard I'm like what could they be laughing about this is the saddest day you know as I was there longer and as I become a grief coach just to know that those happy memories have come to them at that time you know and their darkest they're the worst day that those joyful memories are coming, was like, holy cow, like that is amazing. So we're saying that, like, they're not over their grief. Like the day that they're making their funeral arrangements, they're laughing, there's no way they're over their grief. So when people say that someone's happy and joyous that they're over their grief, we need to to eliminate that thought from all of our society that anyone that's screaming is always going to be grieving um just because they have a happy moment and a joyous moment i'm grateful it makes me so happy to see them happy even if it is just for a moment
2: yes because
3: i know that grief will come back um, into into their heart into their mind uh resurface i shouldn't say come back it's always there but um
0: it resurfaces the emotion
3: yeah. the the emotion will We'll, we'll come back again. So yeah, so I'm glad that you brought that up because we as society, there's a lot that we need to uh, to teach um, each other. Um, and as people that are grieving, we do teach society really all the time. Um, and it, and my hope is, as we can, as I continue and others continue, that we can really change how our society speaks to people that have had a loss and um, just addresses them in, in a total different kind and loving way um, instead of it's been three days, your bereavement's over, that should be over. It's been six weeks, you know that should be done, it's been two years, it's been 10 years, it's been 15 years. The length of time does not matter. Nice. The grief is always there. And so if, if society, if we can help um, teach society, um, which is which is a big part of my mission, um, then that's what I will continue to do and continue to tell people, so. This has been a heavy, heavy <laughs> subject to talk about, but very, um, very much needed. I think it's important to always be having conversations, especially during the holidays, um, about the grief that we are feeling as we go through the holidays and how to navigate um, through those, through the holidays, to to make them more meaningful. Um, even if there is that that um, heavy grief, um, there's still to find that, that meaning and a little bit of joy um, and creating some memories. Um, so yeah. Any other um, words of encouragement or insight
0: for those that are grieving that you would like to share? Well, I just think the biggest thing is um, have empathy towards yourself. Mm-hmm and others if you could muster it (laughs) (laughs) i love it the biggest one i think is have empathy towards yourself what you have been through is something no one would ever it's a nightmare it's every parent's worst nightmare in my opinion and have empathy towards yourself and um give yourself a lot of grace Mm -hmm. and then um the next thing would be having empathy towards others that you know we run into people who they don't know what to say so they say the stupidest things and um and so to have empathy like wow it must be really like how must it be hard on their brain to have such stupid stupid thoughts in their heads you know or whatever <laughs> you have to tell yourself so that you don't let their um i'm going to say ignorant cuz they don't they don't know um, ignorant thoughts come out of their mouth and, um, you know, and I would still, still say have empathy towards yourself first. And if yeah. you get to have empathy towards others, that's a bonus, you know? Um,
3: yeah. yeah, I would agree with that. Um, for sure. Yeah. Your empathy to yourself and grace for yourself is so, so, so important, um, yeah. this, this time of year and, and every day, really um, and you're right. Um, if you can have grace and empathy for those people, we're going to continue to work on them avoiding triggering uh, for avoiding them saying some of the crazy things that they say um, all we can do is yeah. continue to to educate and we will do that. but having empathy and grace for them is important if you can do it. Yes. So thank you again, Connie, so much for coming on to share with us here on Labor Pains. I appreciate you so much. Um, I don't know. I know you have some uh, tools that have helped you. If you would want to, it's up to you. We didn't talk about this ahead of time. If you want to share um, maybe your website, um your social media, where people can connect with you, if they want to connect with you. You mentioned a couple different things that, um, tools that you have that have helped you. Um, if you're willing to do that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So it's, my name is Connie Houlihan. It's Connie So C-O-N-N-I-E-H-O-U-L-I-H-A-N.com. Um, and it you'll see a picture of me and Nicholas on there and um, a little story about, you know, Nicholas and Hope and part of um, my proceeds go towards a scholarship in Nicholas's memory. Um, And it talks about some of the tools that I use that have really helped me. Um, Some of it is with, in regards to, um, we refer it to as PQ, positivity, um, like positive intelligence, like as a mental, wellness, um, coach. And, um, also there's other tools like that help the brain, like just to balance the brain really. Um, there's, they're called nootropics, um, because there's things that we could do to help mitigate some of the stuff that's going on in our brains while we're going through, um, all challenges of life. And so there's things like that on the website and um, you and I both work with um, neuro-linguistic programming and we know there's um, definitely um, healing powers and doing um, some timeline therapy is what we do.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, As well as I work with a a software that actually um, helps emit specific frequencies for you based on your voice that help balance the brain too. So I'm all about, I tell people your brain could be your best friend or your worst enemy. And I help your brain help you have your brain be your best friend again. So, Mm -hmm. um, all of the things that I do are around that. So that's Mm -hmm. all my website. So Uh reach out and uh, I would love to have a chat, see Uh how I might
3: be able to help. Awesome. And as we're recording, we can see each other and probably can see there's a book behind me that says The Grieving Brain. And we do know that grief really does affect our brain as it affects our whole entire body. So I love that you work specifically with people um, to navigate through and help them um, help their brain through that grieving process and all of that. So um, I appreciate you so much. Um, and I'm wishing you the best and most peaceful holiday this year.
0: Thank you. I love you, Coach Teresa.
1: If you have enjoyed this podcast and found it helpful, please consider sharing it. And if you do share it on social media, tag me so that I can personally thank you, because I really do appreciate Uh, You sharing it. And this really is the best way that we can connect and support others on this journey. And also, if you can take a minute and write a review or comment on this episode or ask a question, those are the ways that I can continue to create valuable and supportive content for you and the other listeners. And of course, if you have not yet connected with me, I would love for you to find me on social media. On Facebook, you can find me at Teresa Werner-Reiniger. On Instagram, Teresa Reiniger. And on both Instagram and Facebook, you can find me at Living After Grief. If you need support and are feeling alone on your journey, I am here to support you. I am looking forward to being with you again next week. So continue to share your story to help others feel inspired and to give them hope on their journey. Until next week, have a peaceful and blessed week.